0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Let God Podcast. You're here with me, Ayafa.
1: Me, Mary Hannah. And me, Winipa. Woo! Yeah.
0: <laughs> you always get got so tired. Of that. <laughs> or you'll probably do it with us.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yes! Yay>! <laughs> 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 okay, and today we're going to be discussing all things authority, church, and um, the separation of the church and the state, monarchy, leadership in general. Mm -hmm. like Does God really put the leaders in their positions? Mm -hmm. And does that mean we have to follow them regardless of what they do, what they say? Mm -hmm. All questions that will be answered and explored in this episode. But first, we're going to pray.
1: Okay, let us pray, guys. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you so much for allowing us to get through the day. Lord, for waking us up this morning with air in our lungs and blood in our veins. Lord, we want to thank you for all the simple things that you do for us every day. And I pray that you'll give us the grace not to take them for granted. Lord, as we gather here today in your presence, Lord, I pray that you'll just bless every word that comes out of our mouths. I pray that you'll help us to speak a message over our listeners that you have ordained. And I pray that we'll be able to portray you in The fullness of your glory Lord and that we won't say anything that you haven't ordained for us to say but I pray that you'll touch the hearts of all who are hearing right now and I pray that the words we say will be able to educate and inform and ultimately to bring glory to your name in Jesus mighty name we pray Amen. amen
2: amen
0: amen yeah so since we're going to be talking about the monarchy for a little bit of the this episode what is your favorite princess movie that could be disney cartoon real life
2: oh i got my favorite okay you go ahead it's the roger i think and hammerstein i don't know the right word that's the whitney and brandy cinderella oh yeah period that's my favorite that's my favorite it's the impossible
1: and i'm like (laughs) you better sing (laughs) i love it it's my favorite um okay i'm gonna go with Okay, I'm going to go with a classic, only but goody. I'm going to go with The Princess and the Frog, for oh, obvious yeah. reasons. I mean, it slaps <laughs> in every way. It's so good. <laughs>
0: yeah. How about you? Mine would be the... um. Barbie Twelve Dancing Oh,
1: period,
2: period, no, <laughs> period. We're not the storyline no
0: is impeccable.
1: Baby, Barbie movies are impeccable. I literally watched them Even and go the to soundtrack. bed. I have never gelled with Barbie. No, in my life, I'm being so serious. I feel like no. you either camp Barbie or camp Bratz I don't make the rules. Sorry.
2: No. we can be both. No. Mm. Thank you.
1: Okay. Is that what the rule book says? <laughs> 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 Maybe oh, I'll
0: amazing. give it a try this
2: year. Mm-hmm. No, you listen, will not. she won't. She won't.
0: No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, great. So, those are all <laughs> our favourite princess movies. And as I mentioned before, we're going to be talking about authority and the of the church and state. So, the first question would be do you think. The church should be separated from state and um, politics and all of that stuff.
2: I personally think is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I feel like getting into like biblical history a little bit. Okay, well, when Jesus was on the earth, everybody was religious for the most part. There were various sects of Ju- Judaism going on, as well as pagan tradition. Cool. But it's not until, like, Constantine's reign in, like, 30-ish AD that Christianity, Christianity is adopted to the Roman Empire. And although that was a good thing in some senses because it ended the, like, persecution and martyrdom of Christians, in another sense, it was very bad because Christian Christianity became Christendom in terms of it be, becoming associated with, like, an imperialist regime. But apart from biblical history, I just feel like when politics and morality start to try to become synonymous there are just big big problems because like as we are seeing in the world around us you could say that you love christ but have completely different politics to me completely different politics to the person you sit next to in church when we're in church in person or whatever it is so i personally feel like yes church and state should be separate it keeps you i think in check spiritually and allows you to actually be a more present citizen because you're not thinking about Oh, is this what the Christian thing is to do? And you're just thinking about, well, is this what, does this align with what I believe? Um, And more importantly, is this, am I contributing to the world around me, to my society around me in a positive way? That's my own Mm. opinions on the matter.
1: Yeah, I really agree with that. I think especially when people try to bring um, religion into politics, I get very sceptical because I feel like people use it as a weapon to kind of um, solidify their arguments without any other basis. Like, oh, you know, God bless America, therefore this thing is good. Or, you know, this is a Christian value and... Therefore, my political ideology is right. When I think we all need to remember that, you know, God isn't a conservative. He's not mm. Labour. He's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. Because ultimately, as you said, Mary Hannah, like politics is a lot to do with moral codes. And I think moral codes are very subjective, but God mm. is objectively righteous in his standard. Mm. And I think there are if there are things that can be picked apart from each political ideology, I, I don't think that God can be the center of that because God's character is just. yeah, And there's no picking apart like, oh, but this leaves these people in the dirt and this, this oppresses this type of people. Like with God, that sort of stuff can't run. Mm-hmm. So I feel like mm-hmm. how can they be synonymous?
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, I very much agree. And there's been like a thing where, I guess some political parties are kind of like, the christian party mm-hmm. even though when you look in there and what they believe mm-hmm. and even like the characters of the people who are meant to represent such mm-hmm. christian parties mm-hmm. is not <laughs> matching up to the bible
2: Ooh. it's not enough it's not <laughs> the it's not matching at all right. I, and even,
0: yes. and it's not like and people seem to feel like they can't vote for the other ones so they just But for the lesser of the two evils, Mm. I don't know. I just feel like there shouldn't be such thing as like a Christian party because I agree it has flaws, and then it brings to question like if I'm a Christian, I'm in church, and I'm not voting for such Christian party, am I not any any less of a Christian? Exactly, and even like politics. The politicians really bank off this, mm-hmm. Like like. Do you see Donald Trump holding that Bible upside oh, down?
1: Lord oh, Jesus. when I <laughs> asked here. him his favorite verse and he said all of it. They said, "What's your favorite part of the Bible?" He said, "All of it." I don't like the Bible. Word. I said, "Son, <laughs> you can even give a simple Genesis one one
0: in the beginning." <laughs> Jesus wept.
1: <laughs> even a simple John three three sixteen, literally. Like, and I also feel um like. If there is a Christian party and then the leaders of that party are then the representatives of Christianity and they're bringing that into disrepute, honey, I don't want my faith to be represented by Donald Trump. <laughs> Nothing of the sort. I'm not aligned with that. That's none of my business. And I, I also think that historically, if we look at the examples of when the church and the state have been heavily intertwined like the oppression that has resulted i mean just a couple weeks ago we were talking about you know um slavery colonialism all these things were strengthened by faith by the like christianity and the arm of the state kind of coming together and Mm -hmm. yeah it's just a recipe for a bit of disaster really no
2: 100 percent. yeah no i agree um i just finished watching judah judas and the black messiah excuse me a couple of days ago so i'm very much Mm. in that like radical political frame of mind um and one thing that fred hampton said may his soul rest in peace because the fbi killed him literally Mm -hmm. anyway (laughs) he said something when he was having his hosting like a class and he was like war without bloodshed is politics and politics with bloodshed is war and that was just Mm. very that resonated with me because I think that illuminates how politics is not clean and it never will be. So just yeah. to mm-hmm. sort of like corroborate to what the girls have already said, like if we're looking to politics or legislation to be our God, our Jesus, our moral code, our ethics, we're gonna be left wanting because we'll never find it. it's a it's a playground, you know, where people are basically fighting for money, for land, for authority, for power. Mm. And so mm. when When those things are then, when you try to mix those things with the kingdom of God or with Christian principles, it then becomes a bit of a palava. And more than that, a palava really, like, it has detrimental consequences, as we have discussed, colonialism, oppression, but even stuff as simple as, like, literally shunning or, like, making Christianity exclusive because people don't believe, like, in the same white evangelical tradition that has been governing America for Mm -hmm. X amount of um, years or Conservative ideology that has been prevalent in the UK for however many uh, centuries. So,
1: yeah, no, true, true. And
0: some people um really like to place emphasis on the belief that um that God puts the person in charge there, mm. and I think that kind of dates back to like the Old Testament, where like the kings used to be anointed and and then they'll be like put in charge of the Israelites, but you have to remember that 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 doesn't happen now. Like people get voted in, mm-hmm. and people and people get voted in for several reasons. Like some of it is like monetary um influenced, mm-hmm. yes. Most here, and... I say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to take it there, but absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think. And especially, people like to say the Romans thirteen one, where mm-hmm. um, the Bible says everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. And First Peter says submit yourself to, for the Lord's sake, to every authority. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think about opposing all th- such authority? Like, am I able to disagree with someone, quote-unquote, God has put in that position?
1: MH, do you want to kick this off? Because you sent a really great article to the group chat, so... Okay,
2: yeah. yeah. The article um, I read was talking about Romans 13, and the person was actually breaking it down. And I've got a couple of notes here, actually. The first thing I wanted to mention about this whole Romans 13 passage is that Romans as a whole was a letter written by Paul, right? The New Testament and the Old Testament, which was a... Okay, something I learned recently about the New Testament and the Old Testament was that they weren't split into verses and chapters until literally... Well, the Old Testament, I think, in the 12th or 13th century, and the New Testament in 1551 by a man called Robert Stephanus. I've got it here so you can cross-reference and cross-check. So that means it wasn't until the 16th century that things like verses and everything came in. So... Prior to this Robert Stephanus man, Romans was just one long letter. So if you read the last thing before this Romans 13 passage, it's actually called, it's called, um, the attributes of a Christian or what makes a good Christian or something like that. And the first verse is let love be genuine. Like that's the first Mm -hmm. thing that that passage says. And I was looking at it and the love that it's talking about is not, okay, there are four types of love that are mentioned in scripture. Agape love, which is the love that talks about God, like the love in the verse of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It's a good godly love, divine love. Eros love, which is romantic love, sensual love. Storje love, which is like familial love, a familial bond. And then filial love, which is the specific bond between Christians and those within your religious circle. And in this Romans 12 verse when he where he says, let love be genuine, he's talking about agape love. So love to everybody. So I think that's a really important... Mm-hmm prerequisite and explore the romans 13 passage because if it's about treating people and you know loving your enemies right and everything and then he talks about obedience to authority i think that gives an interesting parallel but talk about the romans 13 passage this guy in this article will try to link it in the bio um he says that the greek word which i cross referenced he used in a, for obedience here is hypotasso i think Yes, tasso, And it means to arrange orderly. And it's actually used in various places in the New Testament, also in the Ephesians 5 passage about submission and all of that. Um, and he makes the argument that submission does not equal obedience because there's another word that means obedience. Let me see if I can find it here in my notes, child. Um, yes, that's it. That's the one, child. Purr. That means obedience, and it's used <laughs> in... Colossians 3, when it talks about children obeying their parents, so that is a very much like hierarchical love. And so like, when it comes to the whole argument of like submission to authority, because God put them there, I think as this man made clear in his passage, I mean, in his article, and as we should try to understand, submission does not mean obedience in that sense. Even Paul and Peter, when they were writing submission to authority, were escaping from prison and being smuggled from one location to another because people were looking for them. So there's no right. way that the early church fathers were like, do this. Like, do as I say, but not as I do. Like, huh? That that, okay. that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So when we think about that, I think first got to remember that the argument that Paul's making before is to make love your priority. And then two, they're talking mm-hmm. about a submission that does not Invoke chaos, but a submission, Mm -hmm. opposed to a submission that is docile. That's I think is the most important thing.
1: Yeah, because the thing with docile submission, especially to systems of corruption, is that it aids and facilitates corruption. Like Mm -hmm. we hear stories about, you know, the the Christians that kind of watched the Holocaust go by in Nazi Germany and just didn't say anything about it, like genuine question like did god want that like i do not think so i think also like when we when people kind of talk about this submission to authority and having this level of deference where you just kind of you know the law is the law and therefore we should follow it you know give to caesar what what belongs to caesar Mm -hmm. i think we need to remember that like the law isn't our moral guide like the bible Mm -hmm. is god is and the thing is even if you do believe that the law is your moral code, then I would kind of ask you to interrogate how you would react living in a moral code that kind of sanctions things like apartheid and, and segregation. Because if the law is a moral code, but it's changing all the time, where, where do you stand with it? Do you just change as the law changes and follow kind of what's what's the good for the day and what's the bad yeah. for the day? And like, mm-hmm. how, how do you respond to, to the Bible's call to, you know, love everyone and treat everyone as your neighbor and to kind of lay down your life for your brothers and sisters, kind of live that self-sacrificial way that Jesus did for other people? If you're standing by and letting your government oppress people, like yeah. it doesn't make sense. And also, mm-hmm. just just to touch briefly on what you said, Mary Hannah, like it's very true. Like Paul and Peter were writing these passages from jail. Like you do not go to jail from obeying the authorities. I'll tell you that <laughs> for free. And <laughs> I was even just thinking about this, and I was I was trying to draw on some biblical examples, and I was like, okay, if the argument is that Christians should always submit to authority, let me look for some biblical examples of Christians not submitting to government authority. And the examples were flowing and flowing and flowing. I was thinking other examples of when Christians <laughs> have followed authority. These men were rebels. <laughs> like, all the way back from, like, Moses telling Pharaoh to free the slaves. Slavery was legal. He was trying to overturn that whole legal system. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even, like, you know, from the Hebrew midwives not wanting to kill the firstborn children. Period. Like all all these things, even from the Old Testament, in the New Testament, you had Peter and Paul trying to preach the gospel when that was literally very illegal at the time. I just mm-hmm. I just feel like it's not mathing to take verses in isolation without considering like the whole gospel message.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I was even thinking of like when the angel broke. Was it Paul and Silas? Yes, it was even
1: the angel that. Freed yeah, and them was like,
0: free it was like, is it dead, angel? And, and is the angel breaking the law?
1: Literally, oh, oh. no, for real, for real. Mm.
0: And it also makes me laugh because there are Christians in authority, but mm. even when they get there, they don't do anything. Oh, like mm. they're literally men of God as vice presidents.
1: Oh, I have a few things to say. On and this. what what are they
0: using? are they using um, their power? Oh. Like oh. even when we think about. I'm gonna give an example of like Nigeria.
2: Oh, Mm. shall be the same. Imagine if like
0: all the all the pastors that have mega churches, Mm. they could they could corroborate. Even if it's not just pastors, like all the religious leaders could corroborate and say, "You government, we we." We we have listened to our congregations, millions. Mm. We need you to fix up. Mm. They have that power mm. and God has given them the power at least to the be. The position. Yes, mm. to mm. be pastors. And yet. And you can make a change, but instead. Who did money? You, who you did want to cash.
2: Building house. Mm. Driving Lamborghini. Driving rations. Oh, pothole on the road There's to your home. There's in the roads. <laughs> hmm. <laughs>
1: no baby better speak on it because (laughs) though because it's absolutely very very factually correct and i just think with this whole thing of you know god putting people in positions of power i think we were having a brief conversation about this yesterday that yes god is sovereign and he is in control and ruler over everything but people also have free will Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so just because god has ordered steps so that someone comes into power or maybe that's his plan for their life doesn't mean that once they get there they're gonna live out god's will yeah
0: even Saul. yeah god's hand was on him exactly how many years
1: and yet and yet
0: and he was still king Mm.
1: exactly exactly and i i just think that you know there's a there's a really famous quote i can't even remember who said it but that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely I think we need to remember the kind of the temptations and the the evils and the the things that come into play when someone is in a position of authority. Like, I'm telling you for a fact, like, you guys do not even know a fraction of what the government is doing. This <laughs> government, the American government, let me not even start before they have me dissolved. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think we need to remember, like, these offices themselves, because I, I always, like, I always just scratch my head a bit when people kind of, say oh obama was meant to be great but he did xyz and i'm thinking but he was the president of america like what did you expect and people getting mad at joe biden for for bombing like obviously he shouldn't have done that but what did you expect like the office itself is morally questionable exactly at, least, at the very um, best <laughs> you know I'm, I'm gonna put it delicately it makes choices okay <laughs> So I just think we need to remember that at the same time as God can order steps, ultimately everyone has the choice to do what they want to do with their position where they're Mm -hmm. at. And also to remember that the devil is very much working hard and is, you know, trying to turn people over, having people do all kinds of crazy things Mm -hmm. and we shouldn't forget. And I think that's why the Bible warns so much against, you know, loving money and loving power and all these things because they have real life consequences which we see through politicians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. just picking backing off of piggy i can't even say that word just coming off of what Monifa said, child. <laughs> i can't even speak english um i tweeted today so the day of our recording um this is march 7th about how i find it so interesting that um people are more loyal to or committed to like offices of presidency prime minister the monarchy but are not committed to truth Like, I just find that, I find that very, very interesting. Like, for example, as Bonifah said, President Joe Biden or under his administration, so many morally wrong things have gone on in the Middle East. People are still waiting on stimulus checks, all of these economic and social issues that are rightly things to be worried and concerned about. And then a rapper, an independent rapper in the USA called No Name, talks about how the office of the pre- um, presidency is a white supremacist office. Whether people agree with that or not is their own business. I'm ill inclined to make a comment on that today either way, but <laughs> she <laughs> she said, I don't want no smoke, but, <laughs> but what no name said, I think is very true in the sense that you, we cannot, ex- we have loyalty this, to this idea of one person or one party is going to bring an ideal, whether it's a religious right. ideal or a social one. And it's that's just not, that's just not true and i think we should be so we should be more committed to truth than we are to ideals and i was thinking about that idea a little bit before we were recording i was trying to think of in the in scriptures where do we see jesus take truth or derive truth from something that was not directly related to christ and i was thinking about mm-hmm. the woman the poor woman who gave her two coins um, mm-hmm. as tithe obviously she was functioning out under orthodox judaism so she had no as to our knowledge she had no concept or understanding of the christ being the son of god but jesus saw her in her sacrifice even under the old judaic um religious code and was able to say that look at this woman she's got a heart that is that's the sort of heart that the father desires essentially and i'm just thinking like Jesus was looking. He looked at people and he saw behaviors that spoke to the truth of the kingdom. Before he was looking at ideals or religions, the label literally, it. literally. Right. So mm-hmm. I think before before we talk about this sort of even in America, obviously it's all about the evangelical tradition and what's Baptist and what's this and what's not. And in the UK, it's a little more secular, I guess, in some respects. But I just and feel like we should be here for truth. Like that's what Jesus was here mm-hmm. for. You know, you got it. We have to be standing for truth and that. And I think if you find that in a political party and you want to align yourself with that, cool. I mean, some people think it's wrong to be apolitical, which is understandable. Some people are totally for aligning themselves, like, with one political party or another. And I also think that's cool. Like, your political activism is not a religious obligation. It's a civil one. And that's what I wish people understood. Like, we act as if, like, we tick in the boxes to go to heaven. Like, as if my salvation depends on me voting labor or republican or democrat right. or conservative like hello salvation is from jesus and jesus alone everything else is very much <laughs> secondary
1: <Noise>. like <laughs> literally it's just noise <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah and something that can like that really blocks people's um seeking for the truth is just having loyalties to humans oh period Especially humans that don't even know you. Oh. Like, how can you have... Lo- you can have loyalties, of course, to, like, people that you like and, like, support. But having loyalty to someone, like the Prime Minister, for example, just because he's Prime Minister. Mm. Like, what do you like about him? Like, is it the policies? No. It's just because they are in that position. Mm. And I think it's very... it feels weird. I think people have it's just a general point like people have loyalties to like complete strangers for like Mm -hmm. no reason especially like celebrities Mm. even like the monarchy like why do you love them so much oh can you please ask them again apart from they're in the position that they're in like what have they done
2: for you i don't mean to be that person i do not want to sound like dr umar or a hotep or anything like that (laughs) but i'm just my own personal opinion personal opinion on the matter the bible aside mary hannah's personal opinion here is that a lot of this is based in colonial sympathy because when we are looking to the leaders who rule in western africa or southern africa they are corrupt and we will call them out for their corruption we'll be like these people are not serious these people are not serious the same things are happening in the presidency and in, and in and in the uk with a politics gucci belt on top <laughs> <Literally. laughs> america is <laughs> nigeria with a gucci belt how many times have you seen that on twitter And you all key, we're all
1: kiki king ha 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 kiki kiki it's true, true. <laughs> <laughs> mm. this this infatuation to the monarchy especially like child let me not say something that will get me diamonds on this podcast right but especially because like the the government fair enough at least they come with some ideas with some plans they try to submit some albeit limited range or agenda me personally i was born and the queen was in power i'm 21 the queen is still in power in power for what ask me again in power for why I have no idea. And I'm just very uncomfortable with this idea that people have blind loyalty to the monarchy in general by virtue of the fact that they are the monarchy, not even because they align with any sort of political ideals they have. And, you know, Mm -hmm. people kind of say, oh, you know, that they bring stability or it's tradition. What tradition was it a tradition that was inclusive? Was it a tradition that was even aligning with the values of Christ? Let's start mm-hmm. there. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, colonialism was not doing any such thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And this, just the fact that people are still clinging to the Commonwealth and all these things and try to kind of sweep all these um, really terrible things like, you know, Prince Andrew and all this kind of stuff under the rug. And I'm thinking, we don't do this for other people. We don't, like, we've seen cancel culture cancelling people left and right and up and down and we spoke about that, by the way, in episode two of this podcast, so (laughs) if you want to go back, but I think, like, just because you might think the queen is anointed or was put in that position by God, you wouldn't say that anyone else, by virtue of being in their position, is above reproach or can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying before we started the podcast, like, if I turn out to be this really, like, high-ranking investment banker and then I do white-collar frauds. No one is going to say, oh, because God put me in the position to be a banker, He it was also his will that I do fraud. Like, we need to start looking critically at these things yes. and, like, questioning yeah. them.
2: Mm-hmm. No, 100%, I agree. And to go back into, to the to the Jesus part, because that's what this podcast, of course, is about. I think, as we always say, like, all of these identities are virtually man-made. Well, they are actually man-made, not even virtually. They are man-made constructs. And so the beauty of Christianity or of a message of Christ is that all of these things become secondary when Christ is your number one. So I think that's right. explains mm-hmm. a lot of the blind loyalties because it's like if for me at least in my understanding if you don't have if I don't have Jesus then I'm waiting on my blackness or my womanness or my Nigerianness or my americanness or my britishness or whatever it is or my middle classness or working classness to define the way that I see the world. Or the intersections of these identities to define the way that I see the world. And that is inevitably going to lead to things, to biases that can harm other people. Of course, me being these things and being Christian doesn't mean that I am absolved of those biases. I still have them. But the Bible, Mm -hmm. scripture, the Holy Spirit helps me filter those things. Of course, I don't always get it right. Nobody ever always gets it right. But I think that's just really the beauty of having Christ as number one. Because no it no longer becomes... I'm loyal to an ideal or to an office. It's I submit in quotation marks to authority in the sense that I'm not causing dissent, but my number one goal is love, not blind allegiance. Or My number one goal is my neighbor and loving my neighbor and the homeless people and the people who have opposite ideologies to me and praying for people who persecute me, not, you know, canceling people for the sake of canceling them or wishing evil on people who even do wrong things, you know, Or praising Mm. people who do wrong things to other people because they align with my politics or whatever, however the situation pans out. And so that's where I think the blind allegiance comes because that's where people find their identity. So if you find your identity in your your Britishness and now people are talking about some abolish of monarchy, then where does that leave you? You know what I mean? Right. Mm. Like, what's your
1: foundation? Mm -hmm.
2: What makes you better than everybody else, really? Mm -hmm.
1: And like that also just while you're speaking like i was just flicking through my bible looking for this verse and i think that this is something that like like god is very aware of very mm-hmm. aware that we put our hope and trust in these identities or these like human constructs that ultimately are futile and in first in corinthians 3 Um, reading from verse 18, it says, Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. Mm. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future all are yours and you are of christ and christ is of god and i think this is kind of telling us like everything we see on this earth like ultimately we should be viewing it through the lens of christ because that should be our firm foundation and like mary hannah you were saying you know our voting isn't it's not like let me check republican every time because they're anti-abortion and that's going to get me into heaven instead Mm -hmm. the way we should be looking at things is okay i'm a christian what does that mean for my life What does that mean for how I see other people? Mm. Let that inform my political choices and Mm. my particular allegiances, if you're going to have any. But those should be seen as secondary civil obligations. They should be a manifestation of your ultimate identity and calling, which should be in Christ. And I think sometimes aligning one's faith with politics so closely is a way for people to kind of just... It's an easy thing to do. Yeah, 100%. I think it's much easier to just say... Oh I have these views because I'm a Christian And that's what Christians think Rather than like critically evaluating my faith And thinking how does this inform my choices And I think that's really difficult Because it might be that Okay I like elements of this Or elements of this make sense But they also don't And it's more tricky to be in the middle Rather than to just say I'm a democrat mm. Full stop mm-hmm. You know Yeah,
0: I with always saying please we're not saying you should disobey the law no
1: for real? No. no one should go and tear boris's singlet <laughs> say it was me <laughs> as no listen because well. you're
0: a christian mm-hmm. does not mean that corona cannot
2: get you
1: oh doesn't mean you shouldn't wear your mask oh uh-huh. all y'all uh-huh. in texas and in,
2: in mississippi who they've literally made <laughs> they said they've made mandating masks illegal as in, for you no. to for you to say that you are an owner of a public enterprise and you want people to wear masks is now illegal. So, use your common sense, everybody. Wear your mask.
1: <laughs> wear your mask. Mm-hmm. Obey the
2: law. Don't do things that are illegal for the sake of doing it. Th- and you know what? The thing the issue about Ill- illegality and things like that is the fact that again, you got to put this through the lens of christ there are very simple things like the ten commandments if you read commentaries about the ten commandments they literally apply to almost every sphere of life like do not murder is not an idea just about don't go kill somebody It's don't murder people with your slander don't murder people's public um image like there are so many ways to unpack the ten commandments but like basic things like murder is wrong we're not telling you to just be murdering people then because you know the law is the law is secondary or do not steal (laughs) i mean because the law is secondary no 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 that's not what we say but we're saying like if Mm. you literally filter those things filter everything through jesus i think there are a lot of things a lot to me things become much clearer much clearer and even when they're not clear it gives me more space to think and to be to be empathetic or sympathetic to people who don't agree necessarily with how i with how i see things
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i definitely agree i also think um like Mary hannah said earlier like i also have just watched judas and the black messiah so i'm probably not in the best (laughs) mood to be talking about the government or any sorts of things but i think i also want to reiterate that this is not necessarily a call to be one of them people that's just like suspicious of everything the Mm -hmm. government does and is like the government's out to kill me and all that type of thing (laughs) like that because i think if it's one thing this this pandemic has highlighted it's it's just the, the way those kind of thoughts can be a real barrier to, to progress in terms of um, socially and healthcare-wise. Mm-hmm. Everybody get your vaccine when you get colds, okay? <laughs> just get your vaccine because we want to enjoy this summer, all right? Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you.
2: <laughs> that Can I just comment on that a little bit? I, I wanted to write a piece about mm-hmm. this when it was like in the heat of the moment, but I ended up not doing it. I think in the West, we are very privileged in the sense that our Christian or religious code is essentially the reigning religious code in quotation marks of this society in terms of how people view these nations Mm. as quote, unquote, Christian nations, Christian nations, Mm -hmm. but our Christianity is like, we are not persecuted. I saw large um, pastors of, with large congregations talking about the persecution of the church of churches because places were not allowed to open because it was the heat of the pandemic And you know how it it goes against religious freedom, and how they're making the stand to open up their churches. And I'm again ill inclined to make an ob uh, to make a comment about how other people run their congregations and churches, because really it's not my business, and I don't care. Because if when I find my congregation that follows the things that I believe are wrong right, then I stay. And when they do things that I believe are wrong, then you consult your father about it. And if you need to go, then you go. But I just think that the whole idea of like. Religious freedom I, I just I just don't think that should be our biggest priority. The early church had uh. no religious freedom. Hello like they literally had zero their people uh. most I think it's I think we've talked about it in, in our um, white man's religion. Um episode. Like sixty seven percent of modern Christians literally are in the global south, meaning in areas where they face persecution. The other day I found out that the cute little holiday destination, the Maldives, they do not allow any other religion apart from Islam. Like it's illegal to be of any other religion. Yes, there's not a single mm-hmm. church, not a single Hindu wow. temple. Like it's illegal. Like, so people we're talking about persecution because you can't go to church. People talking persecution, they can't hold a Bible. Not they
1: for <laughs> So it's just like, we don't even have the right priorities. I even want to just jump off this point because the thoughts are just flowing in my head. I think as well, when we talk about kind of religious freedom, I think we need to be careful that we don't get into this this territory of having a very self-centered view of Christianity Mm -hmm. because Christianity is very much um, a religion that teaches looking out for other people as well as yourself like that's one of our greatest obligations is to love your neighbor as yourself I think sometimes it's like you know I don't like to be one of those people who like makes comparisons because I hate when I see people on Twitter that are like oh y'all was real loud for Black Lives Matter why aren't you talking about this no but I'm just saying you know why not keep that same energy for other instances where people's freedom is genuinely being threatened and like all this time we spend huffing and puffing and petitioning because you want your particular church to open in the heat of a pandemic when you really could be putting those resources and that time and that energy into liberating people that need liberating Mm -hmm. or even just like sharing the gospel with your neighbor who's never heard it before Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. even like at least there was a substitute for online church right which is even more convenient, like that. Led, no, that that even the the whole process of the church has been online has led so many extra people to Christ exactly. because of how convenient it is. But they are literally people who have to can't even do it online. They're underground. Exactly. They have to code the messages.
2: Literally, they have one one page of the Bible that they read.
1: The exactly. th- that's all and they, they have. Pass it on. And the person has to hide it. That's so. And I, I remember, like even um growing up in church there's this charity called adra Mm -hmm. and they basically do like they just give money to like different causes around the world basically and like when we'd be giving our offering like there'd be one specific offering for this charity and each time there would be like a a reading that would accompany that and it would be like a story or a testimony of someone who's grown up in a different area of the world. They would focus on, like, a different continent for Mm -hmm. each quarter of the year. And some of the stories I heard were just crazy, like, people having to hide Bibles in all sorts of places, like, people having to literally flee their countries. And I just think, you know, sometimes we think, okay, because... I'm here, like, and, you know, because we talk about Christians being persecuted the end times, and I kind of think, you know, I'm here doing this podcast, and, you know, no one gives me any stick for it. I'm all good. And it's just, I have to check myself for kind of being very narrow in my approach. Mm-hmm. Like, we say this all the time, but, like, we see the world in a very specific way based off who we are, but that's just not how the world is.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, it's so true. And it is really sad, I think like, in terms of, like, how we view, like, political authorities and things, like, I remember when, um, again, this is, I I don't want to offer my own opinion on it, because I'm not well-read enough on it to talk about it, but I remember, I think it was 2016, Emmanuel Macron in the, in French, in French, in France, when they were having the, um, the presidential elections, and people felt Macron was not qualified enough, but the his his opponent was Marine Le Pen, and her party was very much like nationalist. Take out all the immigrants. Well, her father specifically was, and although she did not necessarily allegedly align herself with those things, she was still very allegedly. much nationalist. I, I I'm telling, you, I don't know all the full backstory, so I'm giving what the collect recollections of what I know. And I remember hearing people comment like, "Well, Emmanuel Macron is going to be because well, okay, France is a country is." functions under the laicite which is like secularism essentially that religion should have no place in the public sphere and so he's all for like religious freedom in your own circle and so people were like well that means he's gonna let the muslims in and xyz is gonna happen and it's gonna be extremists." and i was just like well i don't think it's right for us as christians to comment on which religious groups are allowed in and out considering the history of christianity or christendom has done no favors for civilization in terms of helping or liberating um, or well, helping oppress groups for most of the time, it's been
1: mm.
2: a l- many many centuries. I'm not going to say most of it, but many centuries of people thwarting Christianity to oppress people, and now we're going to be talking about how other groups are going to do bad things, like for not on the basis that they're actually bad, quote unquote, but because of extreme, because they're not Christian. I just think like that, that just mm-hmm. doesn't, that doesn't mesh well like people were willing to vote for somebody who potentially has prejudiced or xenophobic xenophobic excuse me ideologies based on the simple fact that the other opponent was has sympathy for religious freedom including is people who practice islam like i don't like you see that's where Mm -hmm. i feel like sometimes we get lost in the sauce as christians like what really matters (laughs) you know what i mean like what really matters so for real for real so guys, we really hope that you've enjoyed this conversation and learned a lot. I know I did when I was reading up for this and hearing the girls bring their different perspectives has really, really helped in terms of reprioritizing what matters, I think, in a very like politically charged society, but also one in which we're trying to keep Christ as the goal. Um, But yeah, we really hope you've enjoyed it. Please let us know your thoughts. we have been loving the interaction we've been getting on Instagram specifically, and the DMs and the reshares. We really, really appreciate y'all. And definitely, yeah, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Um, as usual, you can follow us on all of our socials where the people reside at Let God Podcast. So that's Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, the main ones. If you're ever at a loss, our link tree is there also at Let God Podcast. Then we have our Google anonymous submissions form you did it yes <laughs> yay. yay for me yay <laughs> um yes guys please hit that up because we are extending our seasons to 20 episodes now so we will have a mid-season break in within the next four weeks i believe um but we definitely want more ideas from you guys on what you want to hear and things that may be polarizing or polemical please put it in there we'd love to see what you guys want to hear from us But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we cannot wait to see you
1: guys next week. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Adios.